You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. If you stayed with us over the break, that was probably the best decision you could have made today. This is Brandon Clark, one of your hosts this morning on Real Presence Live, joined by... Yes, joined by John Clark. And as I teased before the break, we are pleased to be joined by Father Mitch Pacwa. You've heard him on the radio. You've maybe read a book or two of his, and we are excited to visit with him because he is coming to the area, which we'll tell you more about later in this interview. But good morning, Father Mitch. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning. How y'all doing? We are doing fantastic. So, we have a, a wonderful priest who loves to hunt, loves to wear a cowboy hat, is on fire for the Lord. When we got you on the phone originally, we asked how you were doing. You said full of spit and vinegar, which is out of love for the Lord. Tell us just a little bit about the beauty of the priesthood as you see it today. You know, it's uh, something that I've wanted to be since I was eight years old. And uh, it, it's, it's such a been such a joy. And I would say this, that as I've grown, uh, you know, in my priesthood over the years, uh, I like it more now than I expected to. Mm. Um, there is, uh, I, I think, one of the biggest privileges of the priesthood is getting involved in people's lives at the most, um, some of the most important events, uh, baptisms and marriages uh, are some of the big events that come into people's lives and somebody has a new child or when a couple starts off. And it's not just being there for the ceremony. Uh, Justice of the Peace does that. But it's also the preparation for the marriage and helping people to, uh, you know, get ready to live together and uh, deal with uh, important issues. Marriage is not the easier vocation, I I don't think. (laughs) Each vocation has its own difficulties and being prepared for marriage. That's one of the great things that uh, I enjoy. Also, being there when people are dying and helping them to make, you know, uh, the, the most important, you know, the, the two most important moments of existence are the day of conception, because that's when your soul comes into existence. You come into existence as body and soul at that moment. And you are going to be you. All of your DNA and your mortal soul are present at that moment. But then... The second most important is death. This is where the rest of eternity is determined. And we get, we're privileged to be with people as they prepare for death. Uh, this is uh, a great privilege. Mm. And uh, not many others get to share in that. Uh, and then there's the, the other moments where people make themselves uh, so vulnerable in confession. They trust us. You know, we can't tell, we can't even go back to them and say, hey, how's that problem you've got with stealing cars? No, 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 no we can't. <laughs> we can't even go back to the penitent right. and tell them about it. It's uh, rather this sense of 
meeting uh, people as they come to encounter Christ on the cross and deal with their sins more honestly than they sometimes do with their loved ones. A lot of times people try to hide their failures and sins from each other, even spouses and parents and children. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they they have this sense of vulnerability, and it's it's such a privilege mm. to to be there for that, as well as, of course, the the, the preaching of uh, the gospel and celebration of the liturgy. These are uh, terrific things for uh, to be part of. So, you know, I, um, you know, find it a, a still an ex- extremely exciting thing, and I would say this. I don't really understand people who are bored in life. I don't know where they find time to be bored. My wife can relate with you, Father. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet there's a there's a few children around the house. Um, keep things moving. Yeah, Father. I wanted to begin with this because the the beauty of the priesthood is is second to none. It's such a great gift to us. So, first of all, thank you so much for answering that call. But I wanted to begin with that because I wanted to start with just the greatness of the call to the priesthood and and how you guys Mm -hmm. just lay down your lives in serving the people and entering our Mm -hmm. lives. We're so grateful for it. There's another aspect here, though, which is mentioned in mm-hmm. your book. You wrote a book, Wheat and Tares, Restoring the Moral Vision of a Scandalized Church. So I want to talk about this other side because many Catholic priests are, yep. are truly devout and sincerely committed to their lives in Christ, but it doesn't mean that you're saints. It doesn't mean you're perfect and that don't have you don't have faults and, and failings just as the rest of us, right? No. And so we run into That's sometimes right. some some cranky priests, some who are a little more stern, some who are weak, some who struggle with some pretty terrible things. And yes. and I want to talk a little bit about that because we shouldn't just write them off either because they are still beloved sons. And so, can we just dive into a little bit about, yes, yes. they are priests, and yes, they struggle, they're still so loved, and we should still love them. Yep. Uh, here is uh, uh, the basic approach of my book. Uh, I start off with the men that our Lord called to follow him, and how throughout the public ministry, they show the foibles. I, even when, uh, and this is one of the things that Bible scholars do, uh, when you get to be kind of a geek, you very much take a look at uh, lists, even. You, you start to find lists of names, interesting <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that uh, you take a look at the list of names of the apostles, you already see that the two brothers, James and John, get nicknamed Boanerges, the Sons of Thunder. Uh, that was probably related to their temper. When you see St. John uh, approach Jesus about the Samaritans that rejected him said, Lord, should we call down lightning and thunder and destroy them? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a probably literal approach. too, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, he was probably oh, yeah. looking oh, yeah, for that. Yeah. He, he was. <laughs> he was. He wanted to see them destroyed in punishment. Um, and he probably didn't like Samaritans in the first place. But, you know, there was a lot of tension between the communities in those days. Uh, but, but that's what he... And then you've got Peter uh, with his well-known problems that he even has to get called Satan by a Lord because he can't cope with the... Um, fact that Jesus predicted the death and resurrection, um, the, uh, I, I can imagine what it would have been like for Simon the Zealot to deal with Matthew the tax collector. The Zealots hated the Roman government, and Matthew worked for the Roman government. This would be your... Um, you know, your, your, your opinion talk show hosts from CNN and Fox meeting and living together. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> and camping out for a few years together. Uh, the, it, 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 the tensions were there. And you see, for instance, every time our Lord predicted his coming death and resurrection, they changed the subject to themselves. They, for instance, they, you know, after the second prediction, they say, well, which one of us is the greatest? That, uh, <laughs> your, your teacher is just talking about being tortured and crucified, and you want to know which one of you is the greatest? <laughs> and then the third time, uh, James and John get back into the act and say, uh, put us on the right and on the left, and then the rest of them get are there and you see that our Lord only had sinners to choose from hmm. that and that's whom he called and it's important for us to recognize the sinfulness and here's the other thing too it is a characteristic of the Bible that the authors included the sins of their greatest heroes. Hmm. That's going back to Abraham and his lies, Noah and his naked drunkenness as soon as the boat lands, the uh, murder and adultery of David, and so on. Their greatest heroes have their sins included in the biblical text. And the apostles are in that tradition. They're the ones who report on themselves and their sinfulness. And we have to assume that this is what the Lord is called, who the Lord is calling, and what the Lord is dealing with. Uh, and that is true of contemporary priests, just as it was for the apostles. Hmm. And once you get to Holy Thursday, when our Lord ordains the apostles, makes them his first 12 bishops, and gives them the first Holy Communion, within hours, one of the first bishops betrays Jesus with a kiss for mm. 30 pieces of silver. And the other 11 run away. And the Pope 
denies even knowing Jesus. Wow. Father, this is a great and that's place to... perspective important. Right. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great place to pause. There's so much to unpack in what you've said. We will unpack that, as well as this big event that is coming up where you will be speaking at right after this as Real Presence Live continues. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I guess my favorite part of listening to Catholic Radio is listening to people like Dan, converts, that I'm just always so amazed. I'm thinking I need to be stronger in my faith because of them, because they seem to know more than I do about my own faith that I grew up with, I was born with. I'm one of the Catholics that never thought of not being a Catholic. I always think of some of the parables that the person that was always good or whatever, but not that I was always good, (laughs) isn't necessarily the one that gets taken care of, you know? It's the guy that strayed a lot and came back. And I think of that every time the prodigal son is is read because I can identify with that in different levels on both sides. I, I think that's what I one of the things I enjoy most and listening to uh, the answers, Catholic answers, because I always want to know more about my faith. I, I wish I did know more. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We're glad to be with you wherever you are joining us from. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... This is John Clark. John Clark. Uncle John, as we like to call him. That's right. (laughs) We are having a great conversation this morning with Father Mitch Pacwa. If you haven't heard of him, you should. He's not only an EWTN host, but he's the author of the new book, Wheat and Tares, Restoring the Moral Vision of a Scandalized Church. Father, thanks for being with us. We, before the break, had talked about... Christ and his apostles and how he only had sinners to call from. I do want to, before we talk a little more about the healing aspects of of our church and, and the different things and restoring the moral vision, I do want to spend just a couple minutes talking about the recognition that abuse has occurred 
People have been wounded. People have been scandalized. I don't want to downplay any of that, especially if somebody listening this morning has been abused, has been hurt by the church. Can we talk a little bit about that? Um, I think uh, we have to keep in mind that this has been a horrible scandal in the the church, and we've had... uh, They did uh, an outside uh, source checking into all this and, and analyzing uh, the John Jay Institute. Uh, and they uh, have counted that it's just about 11,000 sexually abused between 1950 and 2002. So that's been very serious. Um, and it's part of a pattern in our culture of the abuse of children. Um, This is a horrible situation culturally. In your your book, uh, you you really bring to light the scriptural references to our human nature and our faults. Mm-hmm. And you brought right. you brought up a lot of of examples just recently about you know from the Old Testament through the New and by basically mm-hmm. owning up and admitting the, the our faults that we can use that to really begin to grow right. a more confidence uh, in in our Catholic cultures as it is. Can in your book you start scripturally by by laying uh, laying this base down and how how does it go from there? How do we use that? Okay. Yeah, here's one of the things that um, repentance requires the humility to admit sin and to admit responsibility for sin. We don't say, well, my parents made me do this culture. No, I have to admit my own responsibility for the sins that I commit. And that's a very, very important start. If I don't admit my responsibility for sin, I'm not going to ask Christ for forgiveness. Uh, so we need to do that. And one of the big problems in the sex abuse situation was that a lot of times people did not own up to it, and sometimes it was hidden. Um, not everywhere, but in a number of places. And this was a horrendous problem, and that we had to confront that. I, I think, overall, the kind and the training that priests have been getting as ongoing education uh, to make sure that you avoid any abusive situation. Uh, helps us to be alert to the temptations that are present in a sexually gluttonous society. We do live in a a society that is sexually gluttonous. Um, It's not sex-starved, it's the opposite. And you can't watch commercials uh, without there being sexual elements Oh, true. Right, Being yeah. included. So, Father... Uh, so, uh, this, besides, and that's not even when you get to pornography and the rest of it. So, we have to admit that and seek 
forgiveness yeah. and repentance and the grace to change. We need God's grace to help us change. Hmm. And that's another component that is absolutely essential. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure we leave time for talking about the event coming up in Gillette, but I want to ask one question before that, just kind of a, mm-hmm. looking at the different things that we've experienced in our church over the years. How do we mm-hmm. regain trust? How do our, our bishops, our priests, mm-hmm. our leaders, the church as a whole, how does it regain the trust of the people that this is the place to be? I think, yeah, I, I think the regaining of trust depends on you know the ongoing process of, uh, of priests and bishops being uh, well prepared to know their boundaries, to maintain the boundaries. And you know, whenever we, hear, for the most part, when we hear of cases that are still coming up, it's old cases. Right. Um, it, we don't see many new ones anymore. Right. It's pretty rare. And that has to be the basis for building up trust. You can't say, oh, we're sorry, and then keep doing something. No, you have to show a change. And this is one of the things going on. Um, we, uh, and I think as that continues to be the case, we'll see uh, more and more improvement uh, in terms of the trust. I don't sense the um, cynicism and meanness that was once the case 20, you know, 15, 20 years ago. There's still, there's still a, a wound there because when, yes. at the height of this, of course, there's, we're all still alive. You know, I lived through most of that time period that you, were, that you referred mm-hmm. to earlier. Mm-hmm. And so that trust, is, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be gained, of course, but there has to be uh, an element of, of uh, like you said, you recognize what's been wrong and and, and demonstrate right. that you're you're repentant and you're changing. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yep, and it's also important to keep in mind that in this culture, where children are seen as objects of abuse, there is um, you know it's important to recognize that as it was a horrible situation in the church, but it was something done by 3% mm-hmm. of all Catholic priests. Perspective. Whereas, yeah, you know, in terms of perspective, whereas of a federal government study of public school teachers by Dr. Cheryl Shakeshaft for the 1990s, I, if you recall, I said that there were 11,000 cases which is heartbreaking, heartbreaking, if there's even one. But in the public schools of the 1990s, there were 290,000 oh in that decade, oh my gosh. as distinct from the 11,000 over 50 years among clergy. And it involved 9.4% of public school teachers. I appreciate yeah. that perspective, Father, because I think it helps set things really in in loving light of what actually is yeah. not that we downplay those things but but to recognize Mm-mm, that no. that the church is is under so much attack that you know even archbishop sheen right he said he would want to be 
a part of the church that faces an onslaught, intense attack, because he knows that that is the, the true church. And so, you know, when they highlight our sins, right, which doesn't downplay that they exist, but they forget to leave out just the, the evidence of, of even more abuse and even more suffering and, and scandal. You know, I, I think we see really a clear picture of what culture is trying to do. I want to make sure, and, though, Father... And, and I would just, yep. I would just want to add, if it's that bad among public school teachers, you can also be assured that in the homes... It's mm-hmm. even worse. This is pointing out a problem in the culture of the way it treats children. And the, and the repentance of us priests and the corrections that we need to get are something that we then also have to call the whole society to change its attitude towards children. Absolutely. They are not the objects of abuse. Right. That's absolutely right. Now, we have just a couple of minutes left here, but we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the, the talks that you're going to be giving in Gillette, Wyoming. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah. One of the things that is the purpose of my book is the church to use our spiritual life to be part of this correction. Uh, the, the purpose of the book is to help us use our prayer, not only intercession, but meditative prayer, and how we meditate on this by looking at uh, and un- better understanding the abuse of the, that the apostles did and their failures, but also to focus on the power of Christ's suffering as the norm for healing. It says in Scripture, by his wounds we are healed. For us to contemplate the suffering and passion of Christ as a way to find healing in the church, and then to see in the resurrection the hope for restoration, that this is going to be a correction that of the church that Christ accomplishes, we don't. Right, absolutely. Not by our own power. So that event is coming up. He's giving two talks at St. Matthew's Church in Gillette, Wyoming on August 7th from 9 a.m. to noon. It's a free will offering. You can call the parish for more information at 307-682-3319, 307-682-3319. Again, uh, be sure to check out Father Mitch's book as well, Wheat and Tares, Restoring the Moral Vision of a Scandalized Church. You can find that online. And uh, the, just one more thought is that, uh, Father, we, we thank you for being on with us and for, for sharing this message, because it's something that needs to be heard that really hasn't been heard a lot. Yeah, thank you. And um, uh, I hate that need to do it, but this is something I brought to my prayer for a, lo- for a lot of ye- uh, months, and I, I wrote this whole book before the Blessed Sacrament and use this as my own meditation and prayer Mm. with the hopes of helping the Church to deal with this much-needed message and for us to see we can help heal the culture in this area of its abuse of children, whether it be an abortion 
or sex trade or all the other forms of abuse. Absolutely. Father Mitch Pacwa, what a great gift you are to our church. What a great gift you have given us in this new book. And if you are in the Gillette area or within any traveling distance of Gillette, be sure to go on August 7th from 9 a.m. to noon, where Father will be giving two talks at St. Matthew's Church in Gillette. Father, thanks so much for being on with us. All right, we do have to head to a break. And when we return, we're visiting with a woman who has been through many different struggles, but has found intense healing and is using that healing to be a message of hope for others. We'll visit with Maura Presler on the other side of this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 